for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Mandy Prater. How's it going today, Mandy? I'm great. How are you doing, Tom? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I've got everything under control now. It feels like my life is centered again, kind of. So, you know, it's it's exciting times. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But um, I'm really excited to have you on. I've been following your music. I'm going to safely say since I moved to Texas about two years ago. And then really? during, during the uh, pandemic, I started watch, or watching your uh, free parking live streams on Facebook. Yeah. And it was one of those things that really helped me get through the pandemic. So I really appreciate it. Oh, and that's then, awesome. Um, when it was uh, brought to my attention, I don't remember who emailed me about you though. Um, can't remember the guy's name. It might've been Rob, my guy who's been helping me with my radio promotions. There you go. So he reached out to uh, a buddy of mine out in New Mexico and threw it back my way. And I was like, Oh yeah, I've been following Mandy for, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so, so it was funny. Really cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm, so I'm really excited to sit here and chat with you and get to know more about you, what you got going on. Um, but before we kind of jump into your new single and everything you got going on, uh, what's your, uh, let's say comic book origin story. What got you into music? <laughs> you know, all that fun stuff. Well, to, to go way back to the beginning, uh, ever since I was a little kid, I, whenever I saw singers on TV, like we're talking like Madonna, Tina Turner, I was like, I want to be like her. So I've always loved music, always loved to sing, um, always did, you know, choir and things like that when I was a kid. And then around my early teenage years um, is when I was inspired to pick up an instrument. And the first instrument that I learned was the guitar. And I started my first uh, garage band in eighth grade and, you know, jammed with a couple friends and, uh, just been playing music and, and writing music and, um, being a mega fan of music ever since. Awesome. Awesome. And so for the people that are just tuning in during the uh, pre show chatter, uh, we were, you'd mentioned that you're from Fort Wayne. Uh, how long did you stay there? Were you, did you pretty much just grow up in Fort Wayne or? Yeah. Well, I, I grew up outside of Fort Wayne, about 30 minutes away in a little town called Kendallville that had mm -hmm. about seven or 8,000 people in it in Indiana and, uh, Northeastern Indiana. I lived there from the time I was born until, uh, college. Then I went to Chicago for college. And, um, so lived there and then, um, had, a, had a brief stint in, uh, I'm blanking Arizona. Okay. <laughs> Went to Arizona for a little while, studied audio engineering and music production there at a school called the conservatory of recording arts and sciences. Cause I kind of wanted to learn the other side of 
what goes into making music. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, that's been very, very helpful throughout my career, just kind of having a little bit more background in the technical side. Um, so came back to Chicago, then, uh, eventually ended up in new Orleans for a little while, uh, where, um, Unfortunately, the timing was bad. Um, we were there for a little over a year and Hurricane Katrina happened. Oh, wow. So so we fled to Texas and ended up staying in Austin, spending what we thought was just going to be a weekend in Austin till things blew over. And then we were watching our neighborhood get flooded on national TV and figured out Long story short, after a few months of trying to figure out life, we ended up staying in Austin. Yeah. So that's been my home since 2005 or six and um, been enjoying the music scene here. Nice. Doing hey, that. You Since 2000, we'll call it, I think it was 2005 when Katrina hit. That's yes. about right. That's um, right. How's the music scene in Austin evolved over because over those 16 i guess almost 17 years at this point you know it's it's kind of interesting for me i've done different things and uh when i first got here i started playing in a lot of cover bands um singing and playing guitar or keys or drums or whatever the band needed and um also worked on some original things as well but um i've seen it change in the fact that Austin has become more expensive. A lot of uh, musicians, even that I personally know, have had to move outside of town to surrounding cities and mm -hmm. towns um, as the population booms and rents get more expensive. And luckily, um, my now husband and I were able to buy a house here in Austin when the market was a little lower. Yeah. So we've kind of weathered that, uh, luckily, but, um, rents are crazy here. Yeah. And so I, I'm not sure, but people keep moving here. Musicians keep moving here. It just, the reputation of the city has continued, I think, to, uh, encourage people to want to move here because mm -hmm. they see it as a Mecca of, live music, you know, the nickname, the live music capital of the yeah. world. Uh, I think having been, you know, the pandemic the last year and a half, it's been kind of hard to call it that so much, but uh, I have a lot of music friends that were eager to get back out there and some that never stopped playing live shows mm -hmm. throughout the pandemic. Yeah. So that, that was always the interesting thing about Texas was other than maybe a couple of months during the beginning part of the pandemic, it mm -hmm. seemed like there was always live music just in Texas gen in general. Yeah. It's um, yeah. Only, only for that, like brief two month, month and a half, two month period yeah. where everything was literally legally shut down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um and luckily for us in Texas, you know, a lot of the year we can have music outside mm -hmm. and that, that helped, you know, I, I've mainly been doing as far as my solo live shows go, I've mainly been doing outside shows mm -hmm. during this entire time. I've done yeah. some indoor shows, yeah. but, um, 
you can do outside shows as long as it's not last or this past February. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I'm a wuss though. Even having grown up in the North, like if it's below 60 degrees, I don't want to be outside. And, and, and my, my guitar doesn't like it either. The strings start to get stiff. Your hands start to get cold. My voice gets cold. So I'd rather play in a hundred degrees than 60 degrees. And that's something that a lot of musicians don't take into consideration is that the elements play a huge factor in how your shows go. We did a live recording with a set of twins. They did like a little uh, duo acoustic thing and they weren't ready for their app. We were in, they lived in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. We were down in Roswell, New Mexico, and they came down and the allergens down there just destroyed their voices and dried out everything. And it was just like, sorry, we won't do that again. You know, (laughs) so it yeah, was... allergies can be bad. That went when it's oak time here, it kills me. Um, but I'm allergic to like every tree pretty much. Yeah. So <laughs> it, I, I don't know what it is, but there are certain times when the wind is blowing just right. Whew, watch out, my allergies. Yeah. yeah. So um, so you've been playing music for a good amount of time now um who originally introduced you to music um well like i said growing up my parents always had music playing on the stereo they they loved everything from classic rock to uh, soul r&b pop music um and also my grandparents were big music fans. So there, there was always music going in the background and I was just always fascinated by it. I remember when I was maybe three or four years old, my, my dad would quiz me about who was coming on the radio. And I'd know it was at the time he, he went by John Cougar or John Mellencamp. And, and it was just like part of our sort of environment as as a family um not that my family necessarily wanted me to pursue a career as a professional musician but they always encouraged me with choir and and you know bought me my first guitar and which is this black one hanging up here behind the microphone I was just gonna ask if you still had your first guitar (laughs) so I got that for my 14th birthday and um played many a terrible out of tune uh cover of grunge music on that as a as a middle schooler but um yeah so um but inspirationally you know madonna whitney houston and then later nirvana and hole and smashing pumpkins and red hot chili peppers and led zeppelin and the doors Mm -hmm. and janice joplin were some of my big favorites when I was like in my early teens, learning music for the first time. Nice. Do you, when you were going through that process of learning music and learning how to play, do you remember the first song that spoke to you on a deeper level that made you like connect to music differently? Well, I know I, I very vividly remember Madonna's videos for borderline and like a virgin. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Uh, like she's so tough, you know, and I, I really liked her attitude. And then when I got to be a little older, like my sort of epiphany in life was when I saw the video Nirvana's video for heart shaped box, their song heart shaped box. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, just a little weirded out, a little freaked out. And also like, what is this? Cause I'd never heard that kind of music before. And, um, I was just super intrigued. And, um, I remember I got that CD and played it for some of my friends and they were like, thought I was totally weird and thought <laughs> the music was totally scary and weird. And, but that song, I mean, even, even the walls in my room are inspired by that music video, mm -hmm. the color. So, nice. so it's, that kind of reminds me to like, go back and think about where I came from sometimes too. Um, but yeah, that had a huge impact and, and Nirvana, if it weren't for Nirvana, I may have never picked up the guitar. I don't know. <laughs> Was so. the guitar your, the first instrument you started learning how to play or did you learn on something else? Yeah, I started on guitar. We had a piano in my house and my younger sister was a piano player from mm. age like seven, but, um, I would tinker around on it, but I didn't really learn much of piano till I mm. got a little older. So yeah, it was mainly guitar. I played guitar for about two or three years. And then I started playing bass because there weren't very many bass players in my town. And there was a, some guys came and asked me to be in their band and they needed a bass player. And I was like, sure, I'll try playing bass, you know? So, and then I did that. I mainly played bass for two or three years and, um, then kind of went back to guitar when I was out of school and I was playing solo stuff again by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you're early on in music. You were doing a lot of, you mentioned you're doing a lot of cover music of we'll call it rock. It just to generalize it a little bit and not get yeah. too into the weeds. Um, do you still um, see a, we'll call or a real or a um, point in your career where you want to get back into rock music or do you kind of see yourself staying in the I, I don't want to call it country music because that just feels <laughs> weird, but because I, I definitely feel the elements of rock in your music. So do you, do you kind of want to stay in the lane you're at, or do you see a point in time where you'll like change it up again? Um, I, my, well, my philosophy on, on this particular song I just released on the outside was I, I wrote the song during pandemic. Mm -hmm. It just kind of spoke to me. Like I try to let the song tell me how it needs to sound. Okay. And in this particular case, I just felt like this, the song was telling me that it needed to be kind of a country rock tune. Okay. And, you know, we, we sent it out to different types of radio stations and it seemed that the country stations were the ones that caught onto it and wanted to play it. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of dictated to me, like, not necessarily my style going forward, but mm. it did inform me as to um, whether voluntarily or involuntarily where that song was going to fit. And yeah. they, the country music, especially stations in, especially in Texas, but also in the surrounding region have been 
really receptive and, and really kind and really supportive about the song. So, um, you know, it, it has made me consider other songs that I have that may be more in that lane. Mm-hmm. If maybe I want to, um, work on getting those out too, just mm-hmm. to follow it, follow it up with something kind of similar. Um, I haven't completely made that decision yet. Um, but yeah, uh, having just grown up with so many different influences, mm-hmm. um, I, I've had a hard time pinning myself down to a particular genre. Yeah. I completely understood. And even, to in this day and age i i feel like a lot of musicians kind of struggle with that where it's like they're influenced by so many different styles or so many different genres that they struggle not i don't want to call it an identity crisis but for a lack of better terms that's almost what it is um but since you brought up on the outside uh you mentioned that you wrote that during the pandemic um what's the story, like what, what's the story behind that song? Um, well, first of all, I was, uh, it was actually kind of an assignment. I I was, uh, for about two years, I was in this songwriting group and we had to write a song every two weeks or Mm -hmm. we would get kicked out. if We didn't turn it in by midnight on Tuesday night. So, but the guy who ran the song group would give us a prompt of some kind. And sometimes it was, he'd give us five words and say, use these words or use a color or write a song about a town you've never been to, or Mm -hmm. just any different, all kinds of different types of things. And I think that particular week, he's the, the prompt of, of the songwriting group was, you know, it was early pandemic. We are all stuck inside. It's lockdown. Let's write songs about going outside. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was kind of a, just a daydream about what would I do if it was just a normal day and, and wanting to get outside, wanting to uh, see people that I was missing because we were all just kind of locked away. And um, so that was kind of the story that the song told. Nice. You just reminded me. I have to release our Sunday song prompt tomorrow. I forgot oh. it's Sunday. So do you already have an idea of what it's going to be? Oh yes, I do. It, oh, it's, cool. You want, I'll give it a sneak peek right now, just so everybody has it. That's listening. Ooh. So the song prompt for tomorrow is write a song using the chord progression from your favorite song, but playing it backwards. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, it's very wordy, but it works, you know? Yeah. So that, that's what a cool idea. That is these, it's some, you know, cause it, it was like, I've seen a lot of musicians uh, over the last couple of weeks say that they've lost their creative fire and edge. And it's like, you know what, let's do something about that. And <laughs> so now I, this is the second one we've done and I'll just keep doing it every Sunday until people say I think that's really cool have people shared their songs to you that they've created at all from that uh not yet uh I'm hoping like as we start going it'll happen like we've had a few people say oh hey I have a song that 
already matches that. Like, well, that's not <laughs> that's cheating. That's not the point of the exercise. So <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Hopefully, as the weeks kind of go on, because we don't put any firm deadlines or anything. It's just yeah. like, hey, if you're looking for if something sparks, cool. If not, cool. So, but um, back to on the outside, little side tangent yes. on that one. Um, how? How um, early in the pandemic, you said it was pretty early during the pandemic that you started working on it? Yes, it was okay. like, I believe it was written in March or early April okay. when we were during lockdown. And then did you, uh, you since you have a audio engineer background, did you record it yourself or did you go to a studio? And um, I actually made a demo of it at the mm -hmm. time just to share to my group. But mm -hmm. then it was about a, a little over a year later, actually, before I actually recorded it this, uh, this past July and August, we record, actually it was all July. Um, we recorded it. Um, a guy here in town named Justin Richard, mm -hmm. um, produced it for me and, uh, also played some of the music and we just, the two of us recorded it together. And, um, yeah. So it was, it was kind of a small group project. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. And yeah. uh, what's kind of the plan moving forward after on the outside? Is it part of a bigger project or is it just kind of staying in the singles realm? Like what's kind of the thought in moving forward? I'm still kind of thinking about that. I, I do have some ideas for a couple more singles. I'm hopefully going to record those before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, they may or may not be included in a upcoming EP. I, I would like to do take on the outside mm -hmm. and maybe a couple other upcoming songs mm -hmm. and eventually put it onto an EP. Nice. And I've got another EP or two worth of music that I still need to record depending on how many songs goes on each one. So, nice. Hey, that's, yeah. so you've spent, a lot of the pandemic writing are, is, is that fair to say? Um, yeah, the pandemic and about, uh, about a year before that I've, mm. I've written, I wrote, geez, close to 50 songs while I was working in that songwriting group. Of course, mm. some of them will never yeah. see the light of day, yeah. but, um, uh, you know, a dozen or so of them were, uh, I liked enough that I've been playing them on my live streams and, mm -hmm and playing them in my live shows and stuff like that. So yeah. I I've really appreciated that you've kept your live streams going, which is really cool. I, as I was prepping for this, I didn't realize that you were still live streaming or that you were live streaming on Twitch. Cause oh, I, yeah. I was kind of missing the uh, free parking cause I hadn't seen one pop up in a while. And then as I was looking through your YouTube, I was like, Oh, I got to go to Twitch now. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come join the party on Twitch it is really fun over there. It's a whole different kind of vibe. Yeah. But uh, I mean, not as far as my shows go so much, but the atmosphere, but it's, it's uh, a little more interactive. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, there's some fun little perks and stuff that happen on there yeah. that are fun. Um, I do still try to stream on Facebook sometimes, especially if I'm doing, a live in-person show. Mm -hmm. I try to keep, keep in touch with my 
Facebook yeah. audience that was that supported me so much through the early pandemic until yeah. I found Twitch. And then yeah. we kind of migrated over there. Yeah. Um, it's sure. just set up a little more for the the medium of yeah. live streaming than Facebook is. Yeah. And so. th that's one thing I've noticed about Facebook is they don't seem to like when you play music or start, like it, they do, they have like the really weird copyright laws and stuff like that. Even if you own the music, they, they still just like, cause it's all automated and all that stuff. And whereas yeah. Twitch, it seems like that, like, I mean, I'm sure it's an issue, but it's not as big of an issue. Yeah. I remember about a year ago, Facebook made this big announcement mm -hmm. that anybody that was playing covers could, could uh, have their page taken down or mm -hmm. could, would be muted, you know, with have their streams muted mm -hmm. and stuff. And that kind of hurried my migration over yeah. to Twitch a little bit more, but Twitch has kind of had the same thing too. Like yeah. earlier this year, they warned everybody that if we had um, videos posted of past performances and it had yeah. copyrighted material, we could be uh, liable for, yeah. you know, problems with yeah. that. So, but, so that just leads, led everybody to then post their prior streams on YouTube. Yeah. For sure. So for sure. it's kind of this like shell game where we're like, okay, where can we put our music and where yeah. can people listen to it? And for but, sure, Th that's yeah. ultimately why we, because early on during the pen or not early on, like about this time last year, we did a, uh, a dry run through for a radio show on face or on Facebook, where it was very much in the same vein of a radio format, but we we're playing um, you know, obviously we're playing music, but then Facebook made that announcement and it was like, yeah, I'm not going to risk it anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we ended up moving to an actual radio station and happy birthday. So, yeah. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's always interesting how social media helps and hinders the independent musician which yeah. it, it is what it is, but I'm glad that Twitch seems to kind of start is starting to be that haven for musicians. Cause I've seen a lot of indie musicians going over to Twitch and they're doing like live streaming and the uh, uh, like virtual, uh, virtual concert. Yeah. I guess that's the word to use. Um, and they're having a lot of success. So I'm glad Twitch is kind of owning that at this point. So, yeah. Um, how had you been, uh, had you done or been live streaming before the pandemic or was that something that just started during the pandemic? Yes, I actually had, I had started a series, my free parking series mm -hmm. that you watch. Um, I, that my first free parking episode was in June of 2019. Okay. So I'd been for about nine months had mm -hmm. already had been doing at least probably usually weekly shows. Mm -hmm. Um, until the pandemic kicked in just little half hour streams here and there. And then once the pandemic kicked in, people were like, actually it was, my mom was like, why don't you do longer streams? And I was like, I don't see why I couldn't. Yeah. So, you know, I started doing longer and longer streams till it became a thing. And then when I decided to start, uh, join Twitch, we just took 
it was great. We had, we had the Facebook stream yeah. and then we would take the crew over right after that on Saturday night and go do the after party on Twitch Nice. and do another hour or so over there. And it, it really helped to build the following on Twitch because, uh, it's hard when you start streaming, you know, you might have two friends show up and watch and it's, uh, takes a while to build up your following. But if you have 10 friends there, people notice you a little bit more and they start joining in. So mm -hmm. that was really helpful in the early days. And still, a lot of those people are still with me. So it's nice. been great. That's always yeah. good. I I've seen the live streams and virtual concerts really pick musicians careers up in a time where it like their careers could have easily died or fallen off or how, like, however you want to word it. So um, yeah. it, it's really cool. Um, so kind of moving forward a little bit, uh, are you actively out playing live shows now? How often are you playing when there or how often would you like to be playing when there isn't a global <laughs> pandemic? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I do, th I do three shows a week on Twitch right now. And then sometimes if I'm playing a live show, I'll stream it on Facebook. Mm. So I'm doing three shows a week and then I've got, um, two regular places that I play monthly here in Austin, assuming that the weather or whatever conditions are right. Uh, and then I play with a band called finger pistol. That's a, a local, uh, honky tonk country yes. style band. I do that once or twice a month typically. Um, but if, if there were no pandemic and I didn't have to worry about conditions, um, uh, I, I would love to do, you know, a couple shows a week around central Texas and then have still my live stream shows too. Nice. Um, and then, so is Texas is primarily where you're playing when you're doing like gig, no, I don't want to say gig gigs, but gigs that aren't online. Right. Yes. I mean, I, I would be totally open and it's been, you know, my dream for years to take a larger tour or go to Europe and play, go East coast, West coast, you know, Midwest where our families are and stuff, you know, any of that I would love to do. Um, when, if the logistics were correct for it, but for right now, I mainly stay within an hour or two of Austin for most of my live gigs. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. to kind of change the pace of this interview, and make it a little bit more interesting. I'm going to, I have a random question generator. Oh, cool. On my phone. Ooh, random. So if you are ready, I'm going to ask you a random question. Let me swipe this thing here so we get a fresh random question. So if you're ready, I got this for you. Okay, ready. Com complete this sentence. Life is, life's too short to. Um wait for permission facts <laughs> facts i love it what what kind of made or what prompted that answer to pop into your head uh you know there's been times in my life where i was waiting for permission waiting for permission to do anything like 
be an, be an independent musician, uh, try to do this as my job to go out on my own and do solo shows, you know, even though I was in a band or to write my own music or anything like that. And, um, you know, some, sometimes we hold ourselves back to make other people happy or to not, um, make someone else feel insecure or whatever it is. And, um, I think for, for me, I'm, I'm trying to, um, get over that idea a little bit. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and then just kind of taking a step outside of music, what are some of your hobbies? What do you do to kind of get away when Mandy needs some away time from life? Yeah. Well, um, if I, if I'm being healthy about it, I would say, uh, going hiking. Um, I like to dance. Um, I enjoy traveling when conditions allow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, also just anything like watching movies, Netflix, that kind of stuff, series on TV, nice. um, like murder mysteries, whatever. <laughs> okay. You struck on something that I love to watch murder mysteries. <laughs> what's a, what's a good one you've watched recently? Oh, Hmm. Well, we, we just watched this one. It's actually, I think it was Frank from like Denmark or something called mm. the chestnut man on Netflix. And it, it was, um, just kind of a scary, not well, I think it was, might've been based on a true story. I don't remember, but I also like the real ones. Like, um, have you ever seen that series called mind hunter? Uh, I've seen, Yes. Uh, I've I've watched it twice. It was, it's like where these, it's a kind of a dramatization of the real, these real guys, these Mm -hmm. real FBI profilers that were some of the first people to coin the term serial killer. And they went into the prisons and interviewed actual serial killers. Like that was pretty interesting. I actually just got done watching I, I like watching the murder documentary stuff as well. Yeah. Like the, the serial killer. I just got wa- done watching the uh, John Wayne Gacy uh, series on oh. uh, on a uh, Peacock. I think it's on. Yeah. Cool. I don't think I've seen that one. It's it's bizarre. Like it is really weird. They got an they take an old interview with John Wayne Gacy from probably the mid nineties or so. Oh. And yeah, it's really bizarre, but it's really interesting as well. I I don't know why I like it, but I do, (laughs) but no, it's really cool. Um, and then I have to ask because you made a distinction if you're being unhealthy about it. Oh, well, I guess less healthy, I would say is the sitting and watching TV or, uh, you know, happy hour. Yeah drinks, you know, whatever, but, yeah. um, yeah, guilty pleasures. I guess gotcha. I had to ask because you made a distinction. So <laughs> I, yeah, I had to ask. Yeah. So, um, no, that's awesome. Um, and then as far as, um, plans moving forward, we talked a little bit about, uh, your 
and or your three uh, shows a week that you do on Twitch. Do you have any uh, big shows coming up um, in Austin or the surrounding areas? Um, let me think. I guess I, if I did, I would, oh, I am. I just booked a show at Cactus Cafe, which is kind of a famous um, venue here in Austin on the UT campus. Nice. Uh, I'll be playing there February 18th, which is a okay. Friday. So I'm really excited about that. They've had some, over the years, some very iconic people play there from anybody from Lyle Lovett to Brandy Carlisle. Nice. So I'm excited just to be able to play on the same stage as some of those people in the past. So that's going to be pretty cool. That's awesome. I need to get down to Austin and actually visit it. I've been to Georgetown, but that's about it. Oh, um, you haven't been to Austin yet, really? No, I haven't been. To, well, because when I, I moved here in October 2019. Oh, okay. And, you know end of the year you got thanksgiving you got christmas you know all that stuff so i didn't really have any time to do anything then yeah and then beginning of beginning of the year is normally our really busy time for live and amplified so it was just kind of like okay i'll i'll get there in the springtime and then the pandemic hit <laughs> yeah like i know i just haven't been able to get down there since then so yeah but you know hopefully someday soon i it's i hear so many great things i've been it's weird to say during the pandemic, I've met so many people in Austin, but I've never <laughs> actually been to Austin. So yeah. it's kind of funny. Um, but I, I'm really excited about the first chance I get to come down there and see what the music scene's really about. So, yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I don't want to take too much more of your time because it is Saturday night, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, it, there's it's always a fun time. Uh, yeah, for, this is my show night for me. I go on Twitch at 10 p.m. So okay, that explains why you'd ask to do it before 9:30. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I will have to catch your Twitch stream. Uh, what songs are you going to be playing? Have you worked out the set list yet, or is well, it more? It's usually all request, pretty much. Okay. I have about 200 songs that people can choose from. You just follow the link and click a button and you can pick any song on my list. But we have, I have a special thing that happens sometimes where people earn channel points in my stream by their time viewing. Yeah. And then um, they can redeem those points and make their own set list. So one of nice. our regular viewers has given me a set list of 10 songs that he chose nice. that I will be playing the first hour of this, of the show. So that's awesome. always really fun. Awesome. Um, yeah. So you said there's 200 songs. I'm assuming it's a mix of originals and covers. Correct. Yes. What's your favorite cover song to perform? Oh, my favorite cover song. That's hard. Cause I really have a lot that I really love or which one. Um, Let me rephrase it to make it a little bit more of an interesting answer for yourself. Which one do you, which cover song do you find to be the most challenging every time you perform it? Ooh, um, challenging. I would say sometimes I do, um, rolling in the deep by Adele. That one's pretty challenging, uh, from a vocal standpoint. Okay, I was going to ask, was it on a vocal standpoint? Because yeah, um, there's, I, I also do a cover of, um, in your eyes by Peter Gabriel. That okay. one's a little more challenging from a musical standpoint. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to, um, up my game. I've started, uh, adding in a live looping with a looping Mm -hmm. pedal and stuff. So, so that's always fun. Nice. How's that learning curve been for you? Bringing in media? Um, it was hard at first. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. It's like adding a new instrument that you're playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's really fun and it adds multiple layers of percussion background and I can add vocal harmonies and turn them on and off and stuff. So it really can add a lot to the show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, I'd much rather have a musician play with a looper because at least there's a element of live liveliness to it. Whereas sometimes musicians, they'll just play a backing track and it's like, nah, that's not really the same. Yeah. It's not the same. And sometimes it's okay, but sometimes, especially if you just kind of like turn on your keyboard and put on like a generic, like drum beat or something, it can get a little monotonous after a while. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then um, one thing before I let you go, because I forgot to ask it while we were talking about your song. Um, As far as your creative process goes, this is something that's always very fascinating to me. Uh, When you're sitting down to write a song or just going into a writing session in general, what is kind of your creative process? Well, um, I have uh, notebooks and voice, voice memos and, uh, notes memos in my phone that have lyrical, uh, ideas. Sometimes I don't write an entire song at once. Um, sometimes, uh, but usually when I write a song, the, the words tend to come first and then the music. Um, if I get a musical idea that doesn't have words to it, Mm -hmm. I might kind of let it sit and think about what's the feel of the song saying to me and what kind of words would fit. But a lot of times I'll also go back through my notes and my notebooks and, and find uh, a couple verses or a chorus or a hook idea and try to build, kind of put the two elements together. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast chatting with you. And hopefully Thank you. hopefully, I'll be able to come down to Austin here at some point and see a live show, uh, maybe the one in February, uh, weather permitting. I'm just right. going to put that one out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was one of those things last year. I thought we were done in January and then February hit. And it's like, oh, that's an I know. Assuming we have power and I can <laughs> plug something in and play, we'll, we'll be down there. So Awesome. Awesome. Um, for anybody that wants to check out your music or, um, any of your live upcoming live shows, schedules of that nature, where's the best place for them to do? Um, if you go to Mandy Prater music.com, you can find links to all of my other social media and my band camp and any type of musical service that you might like to download or stream my songs from, uh, also just come to, uh, twitch.tv slash Mandy Prater. That's where a lot of my live streams are happening now. And you can also find my links on Twitch. Awesome. I will definitely make sure I'm still awake at 10 (laughs) o'clock. I was sitting here. I was like, man, I am so tired right now. Cause for whatever reason I was up at 5am and I was just like, I'm sitting here like, I just want to go back to sleep. Well, and you went car shopping today. That is exhausting. 
I need to eat because I haven't really eaten anything. Yeah. All day. So it's just like, eh, maybe <laughs> I'll make too. myself something to eat and enjoy a nice little show while I'm at it. Cool. Um, we'll look but, forward to seeing you if you can make it. Yeah, absolutely. And then just to kind of wrap this whole thing up, what is one thing that you miss about Indiana that just isn't the same here in Texas? My family. That's where most of my family is. So definitely miss them. Fair enough. My oh, and, and 80 degree summers. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. My go-to is the pizza. The pizza is not the same here, but yeah, definitely. So, but once again, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you taking thank the time you. to sit down and chat with us. Uh, whenever you want to come back on and promote the next single, the EP, you know, like whatever you got going on, feel free to reach out. We'd love to have you awesome. back on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, once again, thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you later. All right. Take care. <laughs>